welcome to a special bonus episode of Telegnosis and Tea with your host Tess. This is a sp- special bonus episode because I thought what better night to talk about Krampus than to talk about him on Krampus Knot. So, happy Krampus Knot. I'm afraid you're a little too late if you wanted to change your tune because Krampus is coming tonight. And if you've been bad, he very might possibly take you to hell or eat you, hit you with some birch sticks. So you better have been good all year. (laughs) Anyway, welcome back to the podcast. Tomorrow, some children will be waking up to gifts from St. Nicholas, but some might be having to tend to their injuries from tonight because Krampus is coming for naughty children. I am drinking a licorice spice tea. I thought that would go well with Krampus and it being the holidays. Oh, and welcome to the first holiday episode of Telegnosis and Tea. I had bear bells and I was going to like ring them and it was going to be fun and I was going to make like a little song, but the little spirits and or my cat took the bear bells away and I can't find them anywhere. I know they'll turn up. They have to turn up because I saw them and they were sitting on the table and now they're not. And I've looked everywhere and I can't find them. So I'm sorry, mom. I might not be able to find them for a while. They're my mom's bear bells. And I know that mom is listening right now. Hi, mom. Because I know that uh, mom is who got me super into Christmas and Christmas traditions because she is also super into Christmas traditions. Well, it's that time of year again. Time of year when people snuggle up by the fireplace and hope that a- Oh, apparently we're just gonna get the introduction done because I have to go and get my laundry. I will be right back. In podcast time, that means I will be back in literally one second. spice tea isn't too bad. Also, welcome Hetty. I think that's who you probably just heard in the background meowing. Now, where where were we? Oh yes. Happy Krampus Nut. The one day a year a half goat, half demon, anthropomorphic figure might drag your children down to hell. Ah, Christmas time. Krampus is, uh, like I said, the anthropomorphic figure, who punishes children who have misbehaved. He is the Yin to Santa's Yang? Or is he the Yang to Santa's Yang? I'm not sure which one's the good one and which one's the bad one. But anyway, he's he's the direct contrast of Santa. Well, direct contrast of St. Nicholas. And he can be found in several regions, including Austria, Bavaria, Croatia, Hungary, Northern Italy, South Tyrol, Tarantino, Czech Republic, and Slovenia. As a quick rundown, here's like a little, you know... If you only have two minutes to listen to a podcast, I'm not sure why you're listening, but you could take some of this and just go with it. The origin of Krampus is unclear, but he has pre-Christian origins. He's been around for hundreds and hundreds of years, well before he became a part of Christian winter holiday celebrations. And because of the name Krampus, coming from the German word Krampen, meaning claw, Like a bird's claw. Like, I'm making claw motions, like fingernail claw motions, but you can't see it. But yeah, that kind of claw, not a white claw. Krampus is thought to have originated in Germany. Krampus now appears in parades. There's even a Krampuslauf, which is a Krampus run. 
That happens in most alpine towns where young men dress like Krampus and run in a marathon. Krampus is also on greeting cards called Krampuskarten. And he, uh, he still makes his journey down the chimney. Oh, wait. I don't know if he makes his journey down the chimney. Maybe he just comes in the front door. I don't know. I didn't actually read how Krampus gets into your house and steals your children. Maybe he comes in through the window. I'd just to be safe, I would totally board up the windows and the fireplace if you're a child and you know that you've been bad this year. Just do it. No one will get mad at you, I'm sure. Alright, I'm gonna actually get into Krampus now. Since this is a bonus episode, it's kind of all over the place, because... I don't know, if you listen to my last episode, like, a lot has been going on, but I, t- I actually do have it bro- broken down pretty well. Oh my gosh, I can't see. Oh, you can't see, but my cat just, like, drop-kicked me. Hey, don't scratch that. Hey, hey, don't scratch that. I put my hand down and he just, like, ninja-kicked my hand. Anyway, oh, we're still going. Okay. Apparently it's playtime. Never mind, we can't talk about Krampus. It's playtime now. You want to be on the podcast, or are you actually Krampus? Because that would make a lot of sense. So we we touched on it very minimally. What does Krampus look like? Krampus appears in many variations, but a lot of these variations share common physical characteristics. Krampus is super hairy, usually covered with like a thick brown or black hair. He has cloved, cloven hooves. I wrote cloved hooves, but I meant cloven hooves. He has big protruding curled horns of a goat, a long pointed tongue, has fangs and bloodshot red eyes. And in all depictions of him, he's like super big, like tall and built. So he's pretty freaking terrifying. Krampus carries chains that are thought to symbolize the binding of the devil by the Christian church. And he is known to thrash the the chains around for dramatic effect. But he has been wearing the chains since before Christian influence. So exactly why he wears the chains, some say perhaps it's like his chain to hell. He's permanently attached to the underworld. There's a lot of different variations of why he has them. But the chains are often accompanied by a variety of different sizes of bells. So if you hear thrashing chains and bells, I would run for your life. (laughs) This is where I would shake a bear bell if I knew where it was. Krampus carries a rutin, which is from pagan traditions and is a bundle of birch branches that he uses to occasionally swat children. But in some representations, Krampus has a whip instead of a rutin. Krampus often has a sack or a basket on his back, that is used to take evil children away to do a variety of things to them, depending on the legend. Uh, Some say that he takes evil children away to drown them, some to eat them, or some to literally transport the children to hell. A lot of very old versions of Krampus refer to children being put in the sack and just taken away. It doesn't really say where. But this is similar to other of Santa's helpers, like Schwarzapit. But that is for another episode, because that is also a lot to get into. So a little on the origins of Krampus. In an article that was published in 1958, author Morris Bruce wrote, quote, There seems to be little doubt as to his true identity, for 
In no other form is the full regalia of the horned god of the witches so well preserved. The birch, apart from its phallic significance, may have a connection with the initiation rites of certain witch covens, rites which entailed binding and scourging as a form of mock death. The chains could have been introduced in a Christian attempt to, quote, bind the devil, but again, they could be a remnant of pagan initiation rites. So, as Maurice was writing, this has been a, the Krampus has been around for a long time, and likely has its roots in pagan traditions, pagan religion. In this, Maurice is saying that it's possibly the horned god of the witches, but this is the only mention anywhere of Krampus being an actual god. It's pretty well known that he is half-demon, more so than he is an actual god. There is some speculation perhaps he was the son of a god, but we will get to that. Overall, though, this, while maybe not being 100% accurate, does show that the Krampus came from way earlier, like a long time ago. We don't know exactly when. Anthropologist John H. Honigman, when he was on his travels to Syria in 1975, wrote, quote, the St. Nicholas Festival we are describing incorporates cultural elements widely distributed in Europe, in some cases going back to pre-Christian times. Nicholas himself became popular in Germany around the 11th century. The feast dedicated to this patron of children is only one winter occasion in which children are the objects of special attention, others being Martinmas, the Feast of the Holy Innocents, and New Year's Day. Masked devils, acting boisterously and making nuisances of themselves, are known in Germany since at least the 16th century, while animal masked devils combining dreadful comic, or, and I'm going to butcher this, and I'm so sorry, Scharliglustig, 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 oh man, there's some German listener who just turned off the podcast there, they just went, nope. And I should know because I'm actually studying German right now, but I still, I didn't look this up ahead of time and I really should have. Schaurig Nailed it. Antics appeared in medieval church plays. A large literature, much of it by European folklorists, bear on these subjects. Austrians in the community we studied are quite aware of heathen elements being bended with Christian elements in the St. Nicholas customs and in other traditional winter ceremonies. They believe Krampus derives from a pagan supernatural who is assimilated to the Christian devil. So interesting there is also a little bit more information about how Krampus is pre-Christian influence, but it was adapted. By the 17th century, Krampus was fully incorporated into the Christian winter celebrations and was paired with St. Nicholas. John J. Honingman goes on to write, quote, In recent years, the myth that the Krampus was the son of Hel, Norse goddess of the underworld, has been popularized on the internet, even appearing in articles in National Geographic and Smithsonian Magazine. However, the connection is likely the invention of the American fantasy artist and author Gerald Brum, whose 2012 novel Krampus the Yule Lord features Krampus as the main protagonist. The same idea also appeared shortly afterwards in two online games by the Norwegian games producer Funcom. So some very old depictions of Krampus saw him joining St. Nicholas on his journeys, 
But uh, while St. Nicholas was in charge of, was in charge, was in charge of giving children sweets and good things for having behaved well all year, Krampus was in charge of the misbehaving children, beating them with birch branches or stuffing them in a sack, like I mentioned, to bring them back to his lair to torture or eat them. That was in the early depictions. So the legend of where Krampus came from super varies depending on which area you're looking at and which background legends you're studying. Like most legends, it kind of takes on its own life in different areas, especially areas that are more isolated than others, which we will get more into um, when we look at different ways that it vary, very different variations depending on places. But the Krampus legend is really hard to nail down exactly where he came from. And we can't. This is probably going to be something that we will never exactly know where he came from. Much like any oral tradition, you just pass it down. There's really no string that leads you back to where exactly it came from. In more modern history, um, the 1900s and onwards, after the 1932 election in Austria, the tradition of Krampus was prohibited by the Dolphus regime under the Fatherland's Front and the Christian Social Party. Krampus was not allowed to be a thing anymore. In the 1950s, the government passed out pamphlets, the Austrian government passed out pamphlets entitled, quote, Krampus is an evil man. But towards the end of the 20th century, Krampus has gained popularity again, which continues to today. The Krampus tradition is also currently making a big revival in Bavaria. In Alpine towns, there's, and all over really, there's Krampus festivals and Krampus parades, all kinds of things like that. And in some Alpine towns, the child hunting Krampus tradition is fun and they've had it for a long time, but has been found to be frightening to some refugees, which prompted towns to tame the horror of Krampus a little bit and use it as a method to teach newcomers to the area about Alpine traditions. Which is totally fair. If you're a refugee who knows like what you've been through before you end up in this town and then you end up in a place where they have a child eating monster festival... That is pretty terrifying. <laughs> I can imagine that would be pretty wild. And you might be like, huh, where did I end up? But they've been using it as a way to uh, teach alpine traditions and alpine legends, which is great. So as I mentioned, tonight is Krampus Knot. There's somebody out there who's like, no, that's not how it's pronounced. I'm sorry. I'm trying really hard. Um, I just can't get my mouth to form the nah. Not, not today. I think it's because my mouth is like dry. I need more tea. Anyway, in parts of Europe, the Feast of St. Nicholas is celebrated on the 6th of December. And on the preceding evening, December 5th, hey y'all, it's why I'm releasing this today, is referred to as Krampus Night or Krampus Nut. The Krampus, sometimes with St. Nicholas and sometimes on his own, begins to appear and visit homes and businesses. And like I said, St. Nicholas is responsible for the good children. Krampus is responsible for the bad. And tonight, he might be delivering coal to you. And the range of what he does to bad children very much depends. 
but he might be delivering you some coal if you were bad, or he might be literally dragging you to hell to eat you. We don't know. Might be one or the other. That's enough to keep me in line, though. A fun fact, it is customary to offer Krampus schnapps, a strong distilled fruit brandy. So don't forget when you're leaving out milk and cookies for Santa, just to be safe, you better put out some schnapps for Krampus, which is absolutely a tradition I'm going to adopt into my household. It doesn't say, like, what food to leave him. I guess he's just into schnapps. All right, Krampus Karten. I mentioned earlier Krampus is on greeting cards, but this has been since the 1800s. Europeans have been exchanging greeting cards featuring Krampus, sometimes introduced with Gruf, Gruf von Krampus, greetings from Krampus. The cards usually have humorous rhymes or poems. Some greeting cards feature Krampus looming over children, Krampus with one human foot and one hoof, or Krampus in some very sexual overtones, such as pursuing women. And there were some where Krampus is very obviously, like, ogling women. Oh, um, one, a few famous examples is Krampus as a very alluring woman, but still with the face of Krampus. I will absolutely have some, uh, I will absolutely have some examples of these greeting cards on the Telegnosis and Tea Instagram, at Telegnosis and Tea. Please, please, please go look at them. It's so worth it. I'm looking at a couple of greeting cards right now that says Gruss von Krampus. And one is Krampus, like, licking the back of a child's head while they're both riding on a rocking horse. And Krampus has a nice birch whip and a fruit basket and also it's just carrying chains like they're not attached to him he just has the chains with him and he looking real scary and then another one that I'm looking at right now and both yeah I will have I will post both of these on Instagram but this one Krampus is stuffing a little boy into a sack while his sister is like watching eating an apple and just not caring and then at the top it says, Gross von Krampus. Greetings from Krampus. Oh, I so want to send out these greeting cards again. Can we make this a thing again? Well, speaking of that, over time greeting cards, they still do exist, but they've changed. Uh, originally Krampus was more frightening, like the ones I was just talking about. But they've evolved to become more cute and more Cupid-like in representation. I personally would like to go back to these original because, oh, they are beautiful. Oh, it's 11-11. Make a wish. If you're listening to this at 11-11 at night, make a wish. Okay, this tea was good, but I think it needs something like honey to make it a little bit better. Is my cup leaking? Oh, no. I think my mug might have a hole in it. Just leaked on my keyboard, and that's not going to be a good thing. Oopsie daisy. Well, it's a problem for future tests. Krampus around the world. In Styria, the Ruten bundle, carried by Krampus, is painted gold and given to families to display on their wall year-round. This is used to serve as a reminder for children that they better behave and not forget about Krampus. In some more isolated villages of Styria, Krampus is accompanied by two companions. These companions appear to be antlered wild men. And the trio do not accompany St. Nicholas. They are going around on their own. The companions are called Rohan or Schalkmanner. Schalkmanner. 
Hold on. Shop manner. Shop manner. Shop manner. Shop manner. Thank you, howtopronounce.com. In Austrian Christmas markets, Krampus makes a less terrifying appearance, being more humorous than terrifying as he wanders around the markets and has become a favorite in tourism. People like to take photos with Krampus. He likes to go around and make jokes with the tourists. It's great fun. And man, do I ever want to go to Christmas markets in Europe? Maybe some year. It's one of my dreams is some year I will go to the Christmas markets in Europe, but it's not going to be this year, that's for sure. In Italy, in the northern part of the Udine province, a Krampus festival is held in early December. During the festival, Krampus emerges from a cave and chases boys, but also adults, punishing them with strokes to the legs by his rutin bundle. The only way to calm him down is by children and young folks reciting prayer. In Croatia, Krampus is a devil that wears a cloth sack around his waist and chains around his neck, ankles, and wrists. Children receive their gifts from St. Nicholas and a gold twig if they have been good. But if children have been bad, Krampus keeps the gifts for himself and gives the children a silver branch instead to represent their bad acts. In North America, Krampus is beginning to gain popularity since the turn of the 21st century has been gaining a lot of popularity. And that's what we're going to talk about is in popular culture. He's been making more appearances in popular culture, especially in North America, in about the last 15 to 20 years. Definitely in the last 10 years has been making much more of an appearance. This includes being featured in TV shows, even having whole movies about him, such as the comedy horror Krampus released in 2015, which... I believe, has one of the greatest opening movie scenes I have ever seen, and I laughed so hard. It was, mwah, chef's kiss, well done. That is a movie worth watching at even at least just the beginning, because it's so entertaining. And there is a whole comic written about Krampus that was started in 2012. So that is the lowdown, the rundown on Krampus. I hope you have a wonderful Krampus night. And yeah, just like, don't forget to leave some schnapps out. And don't forget, well, I guess it's a little late now to be good because Krampus has probably already made his list and checked it twice. So hopefully you made his good list. Uh, If you want to support the podcast, please check out our Patreon. Um, if you go to tellingnosisandtea.com, there's links to our social media. There's also links to donate and you can donate on Patreon and lots of fun stuff will be going on there. Woo, including bonus episodes. Thank you for joining me today. Thank you for listening. Have a merry Krampus knot and I will talk at you guys again soon. Bye!